أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حيا للسلام حيا الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد وعاشروهن بالمعروف صدق الله صدق الله العظيم It is an accepted, unanimously acknowledged principle of life that what you put in is what you get out. This principle applies equally and fairly across the board. The more a person invests energy, wealth, time, attention, talent, the more productive, the more efficient, the more rewarding something will be. This applies to a business. If a farmer has crops, it applies to his crops. He can't just leave his crops and walk away. Rather, the more time and attention he spends on those crops, The more he waters, the more fertilizer he applies, the more attention he gives looking out for weeds, the more rewarding it will be at the end of the day. Now we find that nikah is no difference. What a person gets, 90% of the time, what a person gets is what according to what he puts in. Yes, we do acknowledge that there are a certain percentage of cases where a woman can be just completely difficult, unreasonable, 
But those are the exception to the rule. Those types of women that are impossible to please are not the general by and large women that people are married to. Rather by and large, what a person puts in the nikah is what he gets out of the nikah. We find that how the farmer plants his crops and he anticipates the fruit. Nikah also has fruit. One fruit of nikah is the child. Now any person can make a child. People make children without nikah also. What we mean is a true child. A child who is the coolness of the father and the mother's eyes. The child who is completely obedient. The child who is there for you in difficult times, in happy times. When you are old, you are now unable to look after yourself. That child is there to look after child is one fruit of nikah. Another fruit of nikah is what Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an Majid. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجَ Among the signs of Allah Ta'ala's greatness, Allah Ta'ala's magnificence, that He has created for you wives from yourselves. And then Allah Ta'ala makes mention of one very great fruit of nikah, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So that you may derive and acquire peace, happiness, tranquility from your wives. Now, how many people will tell you, I just dread going home. I set foot in that house, it's like I set foot on the battlefield. And this person doesn't want to go home, he'd rather go anywhere else but go home because there's no happiness in that home. A person doesn't find sukoon, that peace of heart, that peace of mind, he doesn't find it in the home. So this is one fruit of nikah, the fruit of sukun. But for a person to get this, he has to invest proportionately in his nikah. He's never showing love, he's never showing attention. What does he expect to receive? Now we all know that the man wears the pants. The man is the amir in the home. Allah Ta'ala says this in the Qur'an Majid. This is the teaching of the hadith as well. But just because the man is the amir in the home, he's the one who has the final say. It does not mean that he's a dictator in the home. Rather... The relationship of nikah is one of love, one of compassion, one of sympathy. That is why in the same ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا You must get sukoon from your wife and she must get sukoon from you. Allah Ta'ala immediately thereafter says, and you can understand, this is the key to that sukoon. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً And Allah Ta'ala has created between the husband and wife, mawadda, which means love, rahmat, which means compassion and sympathy for one another. So for a husband to... Get this type of sukoon from his wife. He needs to be a loving husband. He needs to be an understanding, considerate husband. A husband who is there for her. A husband who will be considerate. A husband who is willing to sometimes put her needs before his own. A nikah relationship is a relationship of give and take. If everybody only is only interested, this is my right, this is what is due to me. He's only interested in taking, he's not interested in giving. Then this nikah will not give that fruit of sukun. Now we find that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he showed so much of love to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha and all his respected wives. Perhaps last week's speaker would have mentioned how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would share the utensil with Aisha radiallahu anha and place his Mubarak mouth on the same place when drinking water on the utensil and pick up the meat and bite from the plain place where she had bitten in order to show muhabbat. We find another hadith it is mentioned that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would often address Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha with a term of love and endearment. He had given her a nickname of love. This nickname was Humaira. In our terms today, a person can use the word darling, etc. All these are terms of endearment. And what does it cost a person to speak with love? But it is these small things that create that muhabbat in the nikah and they go a long way in the long term in order to make the home a happy home. It's, I once heard that there was an old man, he was in his 80s. And when was the term of endearment? Sometimes he'd call her darling, sometimes he'd call her my love, sometimes my angel, sometimes my flower, sometimes my rose. Somebody came to him and asked him, Uncle, you know, what's your secret? Whenever you speak to your wife, you're calling her darling and angel and love and this and that. He said, better, I'm old now, I'm 80 years old. About 15 years ago, I forgot my wife's name. 
But anyway, that's not the point. The point is these terms of endearment are easy, but it takes consideration. The person needs to have that mindset, how can I show this type of love? We look at the hadith teaches us for love, a hadiyah is the key. Tahadaw tahabu. Give a gift, you will get love. Now sometimes we'll give our parents gifts. We'll give customers gifts. But when a person's giving the gift to the customer, he knows I'm going to get good business. When giving that gift to the wife, you must know it's going to create love in that home. You must remember, often a person has rebellious children. And the children are just not coming right. Often the reason is because the mother is an unhappy mother in that home. When a mother is miserable in the nikah and she's doing everything grudgingly, she's not happy with her husband, the children pick it up subconsciously. And how she's always negative towards her husband because he's not giving her time, he's not giving her attention, he's not showing her any love, he's always out of the house. Similarly, the children pick up. And now they also become negative towards the father and they become rebellious. So this is not only in the interest of our own nikah, long term for our children, for our jannah, it's very, very important. We look at the importance of one hadiyah. You know, if a person goes to work every day and he takes a lunch tin from home, his wife makes him a sandwich. Every day the same Albany special is taking to work. Now let, let us think one day in the week he opens his lunch tin and not only his sandwich is there, he finds one small cupcake. It's a surprise, unexpected. It's packaged with love. Will this person's heart not be affected? He'll say, hey, look what my wife did for me today. He'll be happy. Immediately his face will light up. Even if he was having a bad day, that is that ray of sunshine that will light up his whole day. But now why can the husband not reciprocate? We're not saying the husband must go learn how to bake cupcakes. But a person's filling petrol is at the petrol station. He knows my wife likes Kit Kat. She likes a lunch bar. This is something perhaps affordable for most people. He can buy something small and take it. It's the thought that counts. If a person wants to make it even more exciting, he can hide it under the pillow. She goes to bed at night, to sleep, finds that present. It's a pleasant surprise. Go to sleep at night with a smile on the face. So these are some ways people can create muhabbat in the nikah. But for, further, over and above that, a person cannot be selfish in the nikah. I remember when I got married, my elder brother, Allah Ta'ala, reward him greatly. He gave me some nasir. He told me, you're getting married now. You must remember your time is no longer your time. Now your time is there to be shared with your wife. She also has a haq and a right in your time. We find in today's life lifestyle, people leave home early and go to work. Half past six, seven o'clock. They're leaving and they're going to work. What time are they returning home? Half past five, six o'clock. They're returning home late. That husband comes home. His first concern and priority is I need my roti and I need my tea. I need a meal and I need to eat. And alhamdulillah, most of the time, that wife will have the hot meal ready for him. Afterwards, is he giving that wife any time and attention? Is he giving the children any time and attention to sit with them, to speak with them? How was your day today? Sometimes the man has a heavy day at work. You know, his boss gave him a hard time. Customers gave him a hard time. Maybe things didn't work out. Now he comes home. He's in a mood. He can't smile. He can't give a kind word. He can't be sympathetic. The moment he walks in the door, the wife picks up the vibe. She just keeps quiet. She doesn't want to catch it in a rush. She's afraid. I say something out of line. I'm going to catch it. I can see he's in a bad mood today. You must remember when a person comes home with muddy shoes, he doesn't take his muddy shoes in the house. He either wipes his shoes at the door or he leaves muddy shoes at the door and he walks in with clean shoes. He won't drag his outside dirt inside the house. When we come home, it's a conscious mindset shift you must make. That all that grief I had my whole day, leave it outside now. Now I need to go inside and be a source of joy and happiness for my wife and children. Sometimes we don't realize the wife had a heavy day at home. You know, I know some people, their children are very difficult children. And Allah Ta'ala must make easy. That woman, the first thing her eyes open in the morning, she has to go change one diaper. Then the other child messed. Then the other child tantrum, didn't want to eat breakfast. And then the other child gave another problem. Whole day she's dealing with that. She's waiting for what my husband will come in the night and he'll comfort me, he'll give me some sympathy. But when he comes home, he's busy on his phone or he's busy with the TV. Or he just ate and then he ran to go spend the evening with his friends. Now she's sitting there, she's thinking, hey, 
is more like a hotel this. This is not a nikah. Where that love I'm supposed to be shown? You find Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so considerate. He was a neighbor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was known for making a certain type of dish that was very tasty. On one occasion, he gives Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dawah to come and eat. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was the turn of Aisha radiallahu anha that night perhaps. Rasulullah sallam said, is the dawah for her also? He said no. Or most probably he only had enough food for two people. He didn't have enough food for the Aisha also. That's why he said no. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is thinking to himself that if I'm going to go, there's no food in my house. I'm going to go eat a nice meal and come back and she's hungry. What about her? So he declines the dawah. Consideration for the wife. The second occasion, this person invites Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa again. Has Aisha also? He said, no. He said, then I can't come. That person also didn't feel bad. And Rasulullah sallallahu didn't feel hard also to decline the dawah. And then on the third occasion, when he said, yes, has Aisha also? Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa went for the dawah. So much of consideration Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa showed to the comfort of others. He mentioned the hadith of Muslim Sharif. Aisha radiallahu anha mentions they were going to bed at night. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam removed his Mubarak sandals, he removed his shawl, he lay down, he went to sleep. But Aisha radiallahu anha also went to sleep. She says sometime later Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam awoke and as quietly as he could he wore his sandals and shawl and he went out of the home. He did not know that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha had woken up. Now it crossed the mind of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha that it's my turn tonight, maybe he's gone to the house of one of the other wives. So she quickly put her burqa and her parda on and she went to see where is he going. So she's following, following, following. And then she sees Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa went to Jannatul Baqi. And he's standing there and he's making dua for the people in Jannatul Baqi. And then Rasulullah sallam turns around to come home and he catches sight of her. But he did not know it was her. He saw a figure, a person dressed with a burqa and parda. So she didn't want to get caught out of the home. She turned and she started rushing. So Rasulullah sallam also started rushing to see who's this person. So she started running. Until she enters the home, she takes out a burqa and parda and she lies on the bed as if nothing had happened. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes in. He asked her, why are you panting? Why are you breathing heavily? She said, no, nothing happened. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told her, if you want, you can tell me. Or if you want, Allah will tell me. So then she says, no, this is what happened. So then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells her, Do you think Allah and His Rasul will ever be unjust to you? When it's your turn, I won't go anywhere else. And then Rasulullah sallallahu explained to her, He said, Allah ta'ala commanded me to go at that time and make dua for the inhabitants of Jannatul Baqi, for the inmates of the graves. It's the middle of the night. I did not want to disturb your sleep, that's why I didn't want to wake you up. And furthermore, if I woke you up and told you that I'm going, because it's the dead of night, you'll be alone at home now, and you'll be worrying my husband's gone out in the middle of the night, is it safe, what's happening? That's why I did not wake you up and I tried to go quietly and come back quietly. So much of consideration. This is the type of consideration that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught the ummah that we should be showing. Consideration for the next person. Giving them time. When we look in the riwayat of Shamail Tirmizi, we find Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had taken out time for everybody in his life. Jazza adhulahu thalathata ajzah. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was at home, he had time set aside for his wives and children. Time set aside for the special sahaba like Hazrat Abu Bakr Everybody was given their special time. And this is definitely important and necessary. I remember a case had come a few years ago where husband and wife are married. The wife is complaining, my husband never gives me any time. What's the problem? This person is a gymming fanatic. Two and a half hours every day in the gym, seven days a week. He's working the whole day from work. He goes straight to the gym. He's only coming home nine o'clock, half past eight. Obviously, this man is so tired. He worked the whole day. Then he jumped himself to death. He's like a janaza. He can't even smile. So the wife is complaining, complaining. The husband is not giving an inch. This body, so many years I worked for it, my six pack. Now if I stop gymming, what's going to happen? I'm going to lose everything. Eventually he compromised. He said, okay, I'll do, I'll go to gym six days a week. One day I'll give my wife. Is this the type of compromise? He's one day he's going to lose his body. He's going to lose his wife. He's going to lose his children. Allah Ta'ala says, 
Allah Ta'ala has created. This relationship is a relationship of love and mahabbat. Again, what a person puts in is what a person is going to be taking out of that nikah. So the husband needs to be sympathetic. We find on the occasion of the Hajjatul Wada' Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is traveling. Nine of the Azwaji Mutahharat, all who were there at that time, they went with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from Medina to Makkah, approximately nine days journey. During the journey, Hazrat Safiya radiallahu anha, respected wife of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, her camel becomes sick, sits down and can't move. Now imagine it's like your car breaks down in the middle of the journey. Everybody's going, now you're worried what's going to happen. I'm going to get left behind. So she starts to weep and cry. Now one reaction is, hey, you're carrying on for yourself. Keep quiet, man. You're embarrassing me in front of all my sahaba. Na'uzubillah. Rasulullah didn't conduct like that. Rasulullah sallallahu went to her. With his own Mubarak hand, he wiped her tears away. With his own Mubarak hand, he wipes her tears away. He comforts her. And Rasulullah sallallahu did not initially intend to break up the journey and stop at that place. But because this unforeseen obstacle had now come about, Rasulullah stops all the Sahaba and everybody in camps there. This was how much of time, consideration, shafqat and mahabbat Hazrat Rasulullah had for his Mubarak wives. May Allah Ta'ala make us all good husbands, considerate husbands. People who are not selfish and worried only about myself. We need to take out that time. Unfortunately, today we have become a very, very selfish community. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Allah Ta'ala must give us tawfiq. Become very, very selfish. Hardly ever at home, giving that time, giving that attention. As we mentioned, yes, there are certain wives who are impossible to please. That's why I said that there was a buzruk once. And uh, his wife, no matter what he did, he could never make her happy. So one day his wife comes and tells him, you think you're a buzruk. Today I saw a real buzruk. He was flying in the sky. He tells his wife, you know, actually that was me. He says, oh, that's why you're flying crooked. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, our weaknesses, and give us happy homes, our children as well.